Man, I'm a part of the ministry bread, pushing a Trinity warhead at the enemy forehead because the industry force fed us a crap sandwich, telling this lyrically boar's head and it's that savage. For that, get a horse head to sit on your craftmatic, but you don't want the smoke like you kicking the bad habit. I'm here with the rap damage and here with the advantage to put them back in line. Homie, give me a crack at it, something like that. Pitbull, Cuba, and Jeff Bezos is trending on Twitter. God Over Money Records is taking ownership of their data, and their artist, Jared Sanders, is down for that. In this episode of Testimony, a musician's story presented by Soundseekers, rapper and undercover singer Jared Sanders shares his Christian testimony. Jared shares how wanting to have encounters with girls as a teen led him to experience a transformative relationship with God. He also talks about being on the same rap list as Logic and on the verge of commercial success when his wife asked him to walk away from the music he was making. Additionally, Mother Brown delivers a humorous prayer for Jared. I am Gaelica Brown, and this is Soundseekers Presents Testimony, a Musician's Story. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's the kid, Jared Sanders. Hope his old music got over money, and this is my testimony. So let's start with your first music memory, whether it be a song, music video, dance, concert. Um, first music memory. Um, I think I was like, I don't know, seven, eight years old. Um, I, cause I used to be a singer first. So when I was like seven or eight years old. Like I was writing a song in my room playing with the little, uh, Nerf hoop on the closet. Okay. And, um, you know, I was like, man, I'm jammed up on these lyrics. So I ended up like asking my mom to like help me write. And like, I, I didn't think she had the skills. Um, so like when she tried to help me write, it wasn't very good. But um, I do remember singing in the, you know, room when nobody was around um, and really, really enjoying the idea that, oh, I don't, I don't sound too bad, you know, <laughs> and and kind of building around that. So that's my earliest. I think I was probably like seven or eight years old. Seven or eight years old writing lyrics. Yeah. And then thinking that your mom didn't have the skill set to write up to par with your seven, eight-year-old. Facts, facts. And I, I was right, though. Like, I was <laughs> right. She she didn't have the skills. But but it was um it, it was an attempt Okay. to do something but uh it just didn't work out that way oh well i mean obviously it is in you if you were doing that as a little kid right right trying <laughs> i mean a lot of people some people say you know they've been singing or they've liked rap but to like actually be writing lyrics as a kid that's impressive right yeah um <laughs> I, I can't even <laughs> i think it was something like about wishes or something like that i was i was a kid kid you know so yeah so i think it was something like that but yeah i remember way back then okay sweet and where were you born and raised okay so two separate things so born was uh st petersburg florida so okay. i was actually born in st pete um till about I want to say five or six and uh, I was living with my grandma and um, my mom ended up you know meeting my stepfather when I was like three so at that time uh, 
he was stationed in Arlington, Virginia. So she ended up, once they got married, she went and moved and kind of got situated before she sent for me. So, um, yeah, I was, I would say raised predominantly in Virginia between a, a couple different cities. Okay, sweet. And so, um, do you have any siblings? Yeah, I've actually got, uh, two uh siblings with my mom and stepfather and then uh my biological father and his wife they have uh I got two sisters and a brother so so I'm like the oldest out of everybody though so okay with your biological siblings your biological father's siblings um mm-hmm. did you grow up at all with them very, very like I think one summer like I think one summer I I got to kick it with them um, so our relationship was really just, you know, through phone conversations pretty much, but, uh, yeah. So, so one summer and it was really only, um, my, uh, sister, um, the older sister there, um, she was a baby when I first, um, when, when we interacted the, the, second the middle child and my brother on that side they didn't come into the picture until way later down the line so so me and the oldest daughter have more of a relationship than me and the others okay that makes sense were they in the same city as you um they yeah i mean no 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 they my uh, biological father and his wife they still live in st petersburg okay um i i've been in virginia with my other sister since since then so yeah that's been pretty much that okay and in your household that you grew up in was it a christian household um nah not at first um definitely not at first um it kind of became that uh, once my mom went to like, you know, everybody's got the, the story. I went to a revival and I, you know, met Jesus there. And, you know, so my mom, I think I was like 12, 13 years old. She came and said that uh, uh, she, she came and gave her life to Christ. And so um, my first interaction with church, anything was probably almost in high school. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, that had to have been like a switch up then to all of a sudden now you guys got to go to church. Yeah. Yeah. And the church they decided to become members of was like 40 minutes away. So, Uh you know, we had to get up earlier in the morning than normal. But I mean, we kind of ingratiated ourselves and my mom was like, y'all going to go to church and y'all going to go to Bible study and y'all going to make up for all the things we didn't do. Um, And so... Like I, but I, but I enjoyed it though. Like, so I would, uh, go to the Bible studies, uh, high school Bible studies. And, um, I joined the choir, um, as like a freshman in high school and stuff like that. So, um, we, we got involved pretty early. So it wasn't just dragging us after a while. Okay. That's sweet. And I mean, what do you think about it? Made you like actually enjoy the experience as a teenager? Okay. So this is, this is where, it's going to sound super fleshy, right? Okay. So, so I, at that time, like 13, 14 years old, I was kind of in my bag as a singer, right? So I thought I was that dude. <laughs> and so, you know, everybody says that all singers kind of join and, and get their wings. 
in a church at some point, right? So yeah. that's what I did. Like I started singing in church and all the little girls was like, ooh. So I was like, yeah, I need to keep doing this. <laughs> so <laughs> when I first started going to church consistently, it was to get girls. Like it really wasn't to have an encounter with the Lord or anything yeah. like that. So you wanted to uh, encounter with girls, not yeah, with yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And and so that's just, you know, kind of keeping it as authentic as possible. And um, you know, but even in that, there was still like a duality in a sense because I enjoyed the fellowship. Um I, I definitely had my first encounter with the Lord while I was in high school. Um and so it was almost like I had an idea of what I was going for, but at the same time, God had other plans. So he was like, I'm going to plant these seeds. Like, I know what you think you're here yeah. for, but um, yeah, you you also here for this too. So okay. that was kind of what it was. And let's talk about that encounter that you had with the Lord in high school. Yeah. Um, so we used to always have a, a youth retreat. Like, I feel like these things are so like, legalistically legalistically consistent right when we start talking about this stuff it's like there's a youth conference there's a youth revival there's a a a retreat of some sort and like when I was in high school uh, we had a youth retreat um, in Lynchburg Virginia called uh, Eagle Irie it was a a location there and um, for the weekend all the high school kids from I don't know, like 40, 50 different churches ended up, you know, coming to this area and um, fellowshipping and worshiping and going to workshops and things like that. And, um, and you know, at first I went there, I was like, let's get the numbers. Let's say, because back then what it was, the thing to do, and I don't know why we did this, but we thought it was cool. It was like to get the disposable cameras and like take pictures with people you thought were attractive, oh, yeah. right? So that was, it was like, no, let's take a picture, you know? And Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and so, you know, it was like that and like getting numbers. Cause I, we knew like I, I was 14. I couldn't drive out of, you know, yeah. somewhere to go and meet somebody. So it was like, that was our opportunity to have, you know, our little encounters. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I remember our youth, uh, pastor was, um, you know, she was one of the speakers, um, that particular year. And, um, we had a, you know, main session and, and I don't know, like there was a, there was a time where I thought I was playing. I thought it was a joke. And then I was like, yo, these young people actually like worshiping the Lord. And I was like, Hmm, what is this? Like, I thought this, I was here for numbers and they are actually worshiping. And so, like, I kind of felt, you know, you get that moment where you're like, okay, it's okay to be free here. Like, because at first, everybody's looking like to the left and right, like, who's, who's gonna be the one, right? Um, to, To jump out there and express themselves. And it became so liberating in a sense that, you know, I was worshiping. I was like, oh, who is this guy? Oh, oh, him. Okay. And so, <laughs> you know, so, you know, and, and as, as typical, you know, there's the, the, the general altar call where people get swept up in emotion and they start crying and oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. And, and so I had that moment. And, um, but I think what was different about that moment for me is after that moment, I felt the need to get closer to God, mm. right? So it wasn't just a, 
emotional moment. It was it was transformative in a sense because yeah. I was like, okay, I need to know more about this dude. You know, so so that's kind of how I left the mountain. Obviously, the further you get away, you know, from that kind of a charged environment, sometimes you waffle a little bit. But I definitely was bringing my Bible everywhere. And I was predominantly listening to, to gospel music at the time. I wasn't even listening to R&B. You know, everybody has that, like, I feel like all the Christian rappers have had this where they want to throw away, like, all their secular stuff. Yeah, I mean, fans of Christian are just rap, period. We did yeah. the same thing, because I'm not a rapper, but I, I definitely... Yeah, it's like, let me get rid of this stuff. This is so horrible. What am I thinking? Yeah. And and so I did that. And um it, it started there and then it kinda grew. Um, I would say going to college was more of the wilderness experience. But okay. um but but yeah, that was that was the beginning of my uh relationship with God. Okay. So um how did you know what gospel or Christian music to listen to then? Um, well, it's funny because my parents, um, especially my mom, when they really got into church, they got to the point where they were like only listening to gospel as well. So it wasn't like I had to steal away to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my dad was really big on the Canton spirituals. Mm. Like he was really big on watching uh, church on Sunday in the event that we didn't go. He would listen to like G.E. Patterson and uh, he would listen to uh, uh, Paul Morton Sr. And, you know, the stuff that came on BET, like yeah. T.D. Jakes <laughs> and uh, you see Bobby Jones gospel. And yeah. um, so I started learning about uh, like the whinings and whining phase two and B.B. and C.C. whinings and um Marvin specifically um I was listening to my parents were big fans of Fred Hammond um I was big on Kirk Franklin um and so it's what's funny is like I knew Kirk Franklin from before I knew anything about Jesus right so Kirk was kind of popping you know what I'm saying like (laughs) when Stomp came like that was showing up on like R&B radio yes and so like I was like, oh, Kirk Franklin, oh, he made gospel music. I didn't know based on Stump. I had no idea. You didn't know he was like, talking I, about Jesus and Stump. No, I, listen, <laughs> I had no idea. I just thought it was something to dance to. So, so that lets you know, like when you're blind, you're blind. You yeah. Know? So, so I'm I'm listening like Stump, yay! And <laughs> finally, it started to click, and I started to hear. Like my mom was big on Yolanda Adams and my grandfather was big on uh, Shirley Caesar. So we were always around once that switch went off. Yeah. I was always around. I wasn't short on trying to figure out where to hear it or get it from. Okay. And then um, so you go to college and you're off in the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> How was that experience? Oh, man. Um <laughs> where did you did you leave home to go to college yeah i went to uh florida a&m university in okay. tallahassee florida um that was that was uh i i liked it um but i'll say that going to college for me was either going to do one or two things it was either going to make me more closely understand uh, the provision and the grace and the mercy of God, or 
I was just going to be real cool with Satan. You know, it was just going to be one of those two. It was yeah. one of those two lanes. Yeah. And, and I feel like I was super lukewarm, right? I felt like I was super lukewarm. And so like, cause I would go to church and I would feel like, wow, this is church. I remember this feeling. And then I'd be like, yeah, on some Sundays, I'd be like, man, I don't feel like, oh, I just want to. And so for me though, in hindsight, like I learned through that college experience though, um, I saw the hand of God on a lot of the experiences, a lot of the things that I avoided, like a lot of the the things that could have been way worse. Yeah. Wait a minute. You know, like phone calls at random times when I'm about to do something foolish or like, hey man, let's let's do so I started to see it. Yeah. So in hindsight or retrospect, I was able to look back at my college experience and know it was a wilderness phase, but I also knew that God clearly had his hand on my life at that time. So yeah. I knew at that point there was a um there was a level of anointing or or chosen. Uh, I was chosen in that place to like, nah, nah, you're not supposed to be here. Like, and, and in the event that I continued to press into those places I wasn't supposed to be in, obviously the consequence came. Right. But, but the warning signs were always there. Right. It was like, Oh, okay. So that's what you were doing. God. Okay. Word. So that's, that was my wilderness experience to say the least. So, um, no longer in the wilderness, you are an adult and at some point you get married and have kids. Right, right. Fast forward. Yeah, it's like wilderness, wife, kids. Um, I don't know. It kind of, it kind of blended together. It's weird. Um, cause I was pretty much down and out. Uh, I had been running for so long. Um, I was down and out in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, okay. uh, staying with a homie uh, in his bedroom, sleeping on an air mattress, um, unable to pay rent, you know what I'm saying? And what's crazy is, like, it got so bad that my man was like, yo, he sent me a, he gave me a letter. <laughs> it had a, le- a letter that said, pay rent and vacate. Oh. Like, he was <laughs> like, dog, you got to get up out of here. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> So what's, what's wild is like, that's when I finally got on the phone and I called my mom and pops and was like, y'all, I need to come home. And I was, I don't know why I didn't want to, because I knew what was going to happen. I didn't want to go home. Like, cause at this time, this was what, 2009. So like I went off to school in 2003. Right, so so that was like six years, almost seven years of like, no, I'm not going home. I don't want to be yeah. around them. I want to follow my own rules. I want to do my own thing. And so I, I gave them a call. Um, my dad drove with my sisters from Virginia to Charlotte, which is like a five and a half hour drive on Christmas Eve mm. to come get me. Um, and I packed my stuff with the Virginia. And um, about six months later, I had a, I went on a blind date with my now wife. Okay. Right. And it was so funny because 
we didn't even like each other at first. <laughs> like I didn't even like her and she didn't like me. And so it was, I was like, oh, she cute, but I don't even like her like that. I don't even see nothing in this. And long story short, she, she actually, we were dating and I didn't know unbeknownst to me, that was her mom trying to set her up because she didn't like her boyfriend at the time. So her mom <laughs> so she was, was sending her in a, date. a relationship. In a relationship. So, <laughs> so her mom was sending her on dates. Oh my God. To like shop her off to other eligible bachelors. <laughs> and so like, I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? At first I didn't know. So one day I asked her out to dinner and she was like real flaky. And I was like, what? Like, you don't want to go to dinner? And she was like, no, I can't. And I was like, like ever or <laughs> like today? You know, she was like, no, I can't. I have a boyfriend. Sorry. Like it was very quick cut. And so when that happened, I played it off real cool. I was like, all right, cool. We'll just be, we'll just be friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause, cause at the time I didn't really like her like that. I just thought we was cool. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, I don't know. I it's it's something that happens. Like, and all of relationships I've had in the past, like if there's a level of disinterest, um, I'm like, all right, peace, and I move on. And then they always come back around, right? <laughs> so, so my wife, um, now she she hit me up like six months later. And she was like, hey, what you doing? Let's go out for ice cream. And I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm like, this is a person who has a boyfriend. So, yeah. but the fact that she reached out to me to hang out, I'm like, oh, she, her and her boyfriend over with. So, like, I was like, okay, cool. We, wherever you want to go. And, you know, that uh, conversation came up. She was like, hey, what are you doing for New Year's? I was like, what are you doing for New Year's? You and your boyfriend, what y'all got going on? <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, we're not together anymore. So I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I knew it. Right? <laughs> and so even then, though, we were cool. But and at the time I told her, I said, um, I said, uh, like, I'm dating other people right now. Like, I was like, I'm dating, like not in a serious relationship, but I was like, I'm dating multiple people. You're not the only person that I'm going out to like ice cream or like dinner with. And she was like, okay, cool. But she found her way to make herself visible, right? Like all the time. And so I was like, oh, okay. So this girl's serious. And the other girls I was messing around with at the time or dating at the time, they weren't serious about the lord at all like they weren't serious about the lord at all so i knew my um my wife was serious though when we hung out and she was like hey um so when's the next time you're going to church i want to go with you Mm. and i was like oh man i ain't been in church in so long (laughs) 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 but but at the time though like um, I was cool with, um, you know, my, my now pastor was actually my choir director Okay. Uh, when I was in high school. So it all kind of weaved together. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, she and I got close. Um, I ended up due to her persistence in the Lord grew in that and 
wanted to know more about him so that I could know more about her. And so mm-hmm. it just spiraled on. So wilderness to to liking to marriage. There you yeah, go. but still you wanting an encounter with a woman is what right. got you a deeper encounter with the Lord. Right, kind of like me wanting the girls led me to exactly. a spiritual experience with the Lord. So yeah, it worked out. There's there's something there. There's a theme mm-hmm. going on here. <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> like, let's hope well, it's I mean, over it with the women. Yeah. Like, it already right? it stopped. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. It was a chapter, a life mm-hmm. chapter thing, let's say that. But um you did a post on IG like teasing that um, you and your wife have something coming soon? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a podcast that we are currently working on. Okay. Um, it is real talk. Um, it's so funny because what I've learned about social media is it kind of allows us to paint whatever picture we want to paint. Mm-hmm. Um, where you, you paint the highlights, but never like the the day-to-day experiences in our podcast because my wife is really serious about that kind of stuff. We talk about things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about things that aren't easy to talk about. Okay. Um, and so, um, but we realized through it all that we're um, better together than isolated. So, so the podcast is uh, the Better Together podcast. Mm, I like that. Better together than isolated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And uh, you also had posted about um, a picture of somebody rocking your shirt was posted on the front page. Right. That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yo, um, when the pandemic started or the pan- parallelogram, pan- pan- paradigm, whatever y'all call it, um, when that was started, um, like my clothing was taken off. It was I was like out of here. And then I started to realize like, yo, is there something like selfish of me wanting people to buy my stuff when they're like really petrified about where their money is going to come from? And so yeah. like there was a, a a reluctance, like even my wife was like, why don't you do Hope is Dope masks? And I was like, no, why would I want to profit off of something like that? I was like, why? People really need these things. And I'm like... Yeah. Oh yeah, do it for five bucks. Like <laughs> there was something that just didn't sit right with me. So I ended up kind of pulling back a little bit on the clothing. And so um, as time passed and obviously things open up and things pick back up again. And I started to say, okay, Lord, so when should I relaunch this? Um, when should I start again? And then I got a DM um, from a friend of mine uh, and he was like, yo, check this out. And he sent me a link and I was like, yo, okay, Juneteenth, what about it? And I looked closer <laughs> at the picture and it was somebody wearing a Hope is Dope shirt. I was like, all right, guy, I see you. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, it's time to launch again. Okay. I got it. I got it. And so I just had to share it because I had been wondering it, what the time was, if it was time, and out of nowhere, it was like sprinkled right there in front of yeah. a photographer, um, right on the front page. And I was like, okay, I got you. I mean, it was very befitting for somebody to be wearing a Hope is Dope shirt 
Right, right. And it's like, uh, you know, and, and they ran into the right opportunistic photographer who had to take <laughs> the right photo and hope being that I'm like, yo, thank you, God. Yes. All right. I got you. All right. So we have a, a launch of merch coming soon or is that relaunch? Right? Yes. Relaunch. Yeah. Um, it'll be a lot more pieces this time. It was okay. really um, at the time, I think it was hoodies, uh, T-shirts, hats. Um, yeah, we're going to do some other things this time. Sweet. Cool. So how does God's presence in your life look personally outside of the music, just personally? Oh, man. Um, what I, I see God every day I wake up because I've got a wife that holds me accountable and I have children that keep me on my toes. Like, I didn't know that, like, and 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 this is for anybody that you know is is married or has children. I can guarantee you this: you learn a lot about God more intimately through marriage and parenthood. Mm-hmm. Like, and you learn. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know how God is that patient and gracious and merciful with me, because. Sometimes I'll be looking at my kids like, y'all don't listen. And then like, right when I say that, God is like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you don't you know how I feel. <laughs> All right. Word. Okay. And so, so it's like, whatever grace you thought you had. Yeah. You need more. Um, and so, man, you, you see it. I, I see it every day. I feel it every day. Um, and just day-to-day things like you, even, even, you know, the humbling things like you know, serving your children or changing diapers or like giving them baths and brushing their teeth and making sure they wash behind their ears. And, you know, or if your wife brings a concern, be, being willing to sit and listen, you know, and like those things uh, reinforce and bolster uh, my relationship with the Lord way more than any song ever will or has Mm. um and that's just keeping it a thousand yeah okay so let's move on to a hot topic what's trending on twitter oh okay uh right now pitbull the artist is Uh trending um because it says uh cuban american rap megastar pitbull is calling on wealthy american business leaders particularly amazon billionaire jeff bezos to provide aid to the Cuban people, which she's a Cuban immigrant, uh, mm-hmm. thousands of whom have taken to the streets of the island nation in recent days to protest the lack of basic human necessities and to call the end of six decades of communist rule. Mm. So what are your thoughts on celebrities using their platform for causes they personally care about? I think, um, I think if you're a celebrity um, with a platform, uh, I believe you should use your voice. Um, I mean, the, the thing about me, and you know, sometimes this is the thing that sometimes people don't think is a strong attribute of mine. I think it is a very strong attribute. I, I want people to be willing to say what they got to say, mm-hmm. um, um, whatever comes from it. Is what comes from it, you know. Like I, I be, I believe that freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequence. 
but I do believe that I'm more inclined to want to hear what you say so that I can evaluate whether or not you're someone I want to continue to invest in mm. or not. So yeah. I would much rather have a loud idiot than a quiet bigot. Yeah. Right? And so, so if you're petitioning for something that you believe is a noble and a just cause, feel free to. I think that's important because if it's important to you and you want other people to share in that, then I feel like you should use that platform, especially at the celebrity level to do so. Um, and, you know, cause I, I, we could use more advocacy from people with platforms like that than, you know, a lot of the imagery um, and, you know, <laughs> that soft porn in the music and, you know, uh, violence and denigration of, you know, women and black people in their music. So if you're going to use it to, to bring about awareness of a situation, I feel like as a celebrity, you probably should do that. Okay. And let's talk about your music start. We know that you were writing deep lyrics about wishes at the age of seven. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So when did you start like really getting into like when did you discovered that you can rap and you are a lyricist and all of that? Oh man, <laughs> yo, that happened so late in life, right? Yeah. Like me as a rapper happened so late in life. Um because I even even my start, um I was signed to a label um out of New Jersey called Elementality Records probably in 2010, uh, 2011. And like, I was brought on as a singer. They brought me on as the hook guy, right? Okay. And so like, I was singing the hooks for the label. Um, and then like he, uh, the, the boss CEO of the label at the time sent me a record that had an open verse. He wanted me to sing a hook, but it had an open verse. Okay. And I was like, oh, I could rap a little bit. I've been, you know, rapping in lunch tables in high school. I'm pretty cool with it. And so I ended up recording a hook and rapping a verse on the joint. And I sent it to him. And he was like, and and I sent it back. He was like, yo, man, the hook is really dope. And I was like, yeah, but what about that verse, though? Like kind of <laughs> thinking he was about to say it was lit. Yeah. And he was like, you know how like Miguel and like Usher have their like segments of their songs where they kind of rap ish. You should do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and when he hit me with that, I was like, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> like He compared you to Miguel and Usher's rap skills. Okay. He really did. He really did. Okay. But it was like, it was fight or flight at that moment. Yeah. And this is when I realized I wanted to rap because mm. I was like, yo, nobody's ever going to tell me I'm not nice again. Yeah. Like, so from that moment, I immersed myself in rap. Um, not, not just, you know, listening to it, but the technical aspects of it, like understanding, um, you know, the, the, the patterns and the, the, uh, multisyllabic rhyme schemes and internal rhyme and alliteration and like elements to rap that the greats have. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. That mm -hmm. cadence right there. I want to learn how to do that. And I don't want to have a weakness. Mm -hmm. like, so I want to be good at all those things. Yeah. And like, 
So from then on, like I sent him two more records, like after that, like a month later, and he was like, yo, these ones are fire. And I was okay. like, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> like from then on, I kind of actually brushed singing off because yeah. I was so locked in on rap. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, my beginning started probably in 2012. Officially, I dropped a project um called um while you were waiting it was a secular project it had cussing so all y'all people don't go listen to that <laughs> but um uh, or unless you want a testimony piece y'all go listen to it yeah if you want that and then um then a month later uh half a year later i did sorry for the delay so dj booth released it exclusively at the time like i was really cool with those guys over there and they were really gracious um and they thought i was like next i thought i was next i was doing um you know had the potential to work with and was cool with like big sean and j cole and kendrick lamar and big crit and you know wiz khalifa all the people that are popping now yeah like i was i was like in there like it was cool and so um it's so funny that me getting married yet again a woman like (laughs) my wife was like i can't support you if you keep making music like this mm. and, and I, and don't get me wrong. Like I wasn't on no, you know, OD debauchery or anything like that. I was, I had a message behind what I was doing, but she was like, nah, this ain't it. And so like for the, for the sake of my marriage, I was like, okay, fine. I won't rap anymore. Like thinking I'm being defiant or something like, I was like, I won't rap anymore. Forget it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And like I was boohoo crying, Aww. like in the bed. Like I was like, oh my God, you work so hard, you know. Like, and I was I was up, you know. I'm all hip hop, hip hop DX, like the source, like double XL, sway in the morning. Like I was up. I was finna be out of here. And yeah. so when I said I'm done, it was like when I was bubbling. So that was the hardest thing because I was like, I'm right here. Yeah. And, you know, quiet is kept though. Like the first record I did probably like six months later, I was like, okay, well, I feel like God is telling me something to say. And so six months later, I ended up not maybe longer than that, probably like a year. Um, I wrote my first record called real. Um, and real was a testimony piece if you will where i was just like trying to say like this is what god has me this is this is the the reality of where i'm at Mm -hmm. in my faith and my walk that's the record that as soon as it released that's when i got the call for sway Mm -hmm. that's when i got the call for like the other outlets were like yo this is different yeah 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 we want you on here because of this and I was like what you mean I could have been doing this this whole time (laughs) (laughs) and so that was the transition for me I didn't know a Christian rap industry even existed yeah because all I was listening to at the time was secular rap gospel music R&B like I didn't know yeah um I didn't I didn't even know who Lecrae was until somebody told me Okay. Um, so like the, the, the BET hip hop awards, he did a cypher, I think. Mm-hmm. 
and like that was huge news in CHH. Yeah. Like I had no idea who he was. I had a homeboy uh, hit me and was like, "Yo, did you hear Lecrae's verse?" And I was like, "Who?" <laughs> like I had no idea. So yeah. when I came into the Christian rap space, I called what I do hop. Oh, okay. Like I was like, I was like, "Nah, this is different." Like I don't even know what they was like. Yo, yeah, hop. I'm. I don't. I don't even know. And I got around here and then it was like a million people doing it already. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I'm late. Straight up. So did you actually make it on Sway in the morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I made it on there. I uh they they spun my records, him uh Tech and Revolution uh spun my records. Because of that, um, allhiphop.com made me one of their top 75 emerging artists. I was on there with like Logic and and D1 and, um, you know, uh, who else was on that list? Um, Nipsey Hussle was on that list. Uh, R.I.P.? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a lot of like names. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh, y'all got me as one of them. I feel special. Um, and a lot of these people at the time, they weren't signed to labels. Yeah. So um, to even be mentioned in the conversation with them was really dope. That's cool. So how did you end up signing with God Over Money? Dayton. Um, it's so funny because like I met Dayton because somebody who used to rock with me on the secular side who has backslidden since, unbeknownst <laughs> to me, he heard a, a Christian rap record that I did and was like, yo, this is fire. Hey, Dayton. And he tagged him on Twitter and was like, yo, you heard this before? And this is a dude who um, actually was cool with Dayton back in the day, like when Dayton was not doing Christian rap. Okay. And so it was kind of like six degrees of separation type stuff, but mm-hmm. He ended up linking me and Dayton was like, nah, yo, I never heard this. This is fire though. You know how Dayton be talking. <laughs> like him yeah. And so <laughs> like when he did, uh, we linked up, we, we exchanged numbers and we was cool ever since. And little did I know he was sending a bug in business ear like, yo, yo, check this dude out. He's fire. He's fire. And, um, I was kind of making headway in the Christian rap space anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they they made me a Rapzilla freshman, unbeknownst okay. to me. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they did an award show called the Kingdom Choice Awards in New York. Um, and they made me a nominee uh, and I won uh, up next um, okay. at the Kingdom Choice Awards. And I didn't think I was going to win. I, I, I thought everybody there was more popular than me. So... <laughs> Like, so when I got there and they were like, up next, Jared Sanders. I just happened to be the day that G.O.M. was there. Okay. Like they were there at the award show, like the whole crew. I think it was the same time that they shot the uh, G.O.M. Cypher with mm-hmm. uh, all yeah. of them. Yeah. And so like that was that year. And so at that point, Biz was like, I think Biz started to think, oh, so he's kind of bubbling on his own, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe put my arm around this guy would kind of help him grow. And really, though, I think what solidified it for me was the fact that I didn't come to them on some music. Like I didn't like when I met Dayton, I didn't even send him music. Yeah. Like I really just was like, I remember coming into the space. I was like, God, send me some men 
that is just serious about you, right? And and I just started building relationships with people that, you know, they they might have been artists, but we didn't talk about music. I, I didn't I didn't want to talk about music because I didn't want to come off clout chasing. Yeah. Um, and at the time I met Dayton, like Dayton, he had just signed to God over money. The roar hadn't even come out yet. Okay. So so it still wasn't clout chasey. It was like, yo, we're kind of just moving along this path and we're just cool. Um, and at the time, you know, Dayton was thinking about men's movement. I really believed that. Like if I didn't go to GOM, like Dayton was trying to bring me on the menace. Like it was yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, Biz came around. I, I got his number at the KCAs. And really, we just was like, yo, what, what can I pray for? You know, type regular, you know, just brotherly stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that solidified it for Biz. Like once he realized I wasn't just trying to send him a bunch of music and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So, um, I mean, how long did that relationship go on before you actually signed? Uh, me and Dayton, that was probably a year. And with Biz? Probably a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, it it didn't take long. Like, it was so funny the way it was presented to me because I was dropping an album called uh, Now People Know It Is Nobody Famous. Um mm-hmm. In 2017, I was dropping the album and it was done. It was finished. It was mixed. It was mastered. I had the songs picked out and everything. And what happened was I sent it to Dayton and uh, Dayton was checking it out. And then he was like, uh, he he sent it to Biz. I didn't know he sent it to Biz. And then um, he or he said something to Biz. Uh, He probably didn't send it, but he said something to Biz. And then um bizzle hit me up and was like yo why you ain't send me the music like, <laughs> like i was like I, I ain't know you wanted to listen to the music what you talking about and like that, right that night uh-huh. i sent him the project i woke up the next morning he was like yo how do you feel about signing the gom okay it was like that like wow. it, it when i find when he finally wanted the music yeah. that was when it happened so um, now the nation is opening back up and um, yeah. you, you posted a live performance recently. <clears throat> yeah. So how how's it performing again? And um, what was that event? Um, there was a couple of them, but okay. the, the more recent one was an event in Richmond called Domination. Okay. Um, they had uh, No Big Deal, um, John Keith, D1, Swoop, uh, The Truth, Idea, um, myself, and Loso. I believe I'm, I, I believe that's everybody. I'm, I hope I'm not missing anybody. Um, and it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a good show. It was a good show. Um, it was, it wasn't my first show, so okay. I was kind of accustomed to how things were going. Like I, it, I think it was probably like my third or fourth show um, since things really opened up again. It was the least awkward one. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. Um, the other ones you got to kind of dust off the. Well, well, I think what it was, I don't even think it was that. I think mm-hmm. it was like people didn't remember how to have an experience at a mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Like so, the 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 church first church I did a show at, they had pews. Mm. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> so people were sitting while I was performing on their pew. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> like, this is so weird. And I was like, can y'all at least stand up? And it felt weird still. Yeah. And then I did a show in Virginia uh, later on. And I was on this elevated stage, so I was away from everybody, but they were still sitting in chairs. It was so weird. <laughs> like, you would never know that that bothered me because, yeah. you know, I, I'm a performer in general. But I was like, yo, if I got to do this for the rest of the year, this is going to be really bad. Like, this is not going to be fun at all. And so once we had that Richmond show and I saw the energy that the crowd was giving, I messed around. I jumped all the way up in the crowd. I was like, we back now. Like we here. <laughs> like, and so it was, it was great. It was great. It was no, um, and, and that was though, that was in Richmond though. Oh, dope, dope. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on. My, um, my grandma's here. Uh, I'm trying to do an interview, grandma. Just give me like, Maybe 15 more minutes, okay? Jared Sanders. Yep. No, he's with um, God Over Money. Not Sizzle, Bizzle. No, no, not no. Humpty Bumpy. Yeah, those guys, those guys. God over money. I love them fellas. Who, who, oh, you, you that, the Jared Sanders? Hey, Jared. Yes, ma'am. Jared, uh, you mind if I, I say a, a prayer over you? That's wrong with me. All right, Lord. Uh, Lord, I want to bless this man for being a poet. He has the ability to put words together and deliver them creatively, Lord. And and what with that, what they what them kids call it a uh, swag, Lord. Yes, he delivers it with swag, Lord. And, and yes, Lord, because of the late Whitney Houston, we know that that crack is whack, Lord. And now because of Jed Sanders, we know, we know that hope is dope, Lord. And and speaking of dope, Lord, I, I'm just so tired of these these dope heads stealing my cable, Lord. They splitting my cable. They 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 stealing my electricity. I I almost tripped the other day, Lord, over some extension cord about about two miles long, running from my house to the neighbors, Lord. I mean, I guess I I guess they needed to. Maybe they trying to watch their stores too, Lord. Speaking of stories, Lord, I need to get back to my stories. But Lord, what is going on with uh with that Tyler Perry and, and that show Sisters he got going on, Lord? Talking about men with, with lace panties and wanting their they prostate ticket, Lord. I, I don't know what's going on with that story, Lord, Lord. But but Lord, prayers for that storyline, Lord, and and oh oh yeah, Jed Sanders uh Prayers, Lord, for this for this young man's music ministry, Lord. I, I pray these things, Lord, in your son's name. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Jed, I, I'm going to let you get back to my grandbaby. Let me get back to my stories. Let me see. Galica is a has and have not so. Hmm? 
Yeah, Grandma, I got it queued up for you. I already pressed play, okay? <sighs> okay. Sorry for that interruption from my grandma. Yeah, 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 for sure. Really, really entertaining prayer. <sighs> you know, she she try. She try to say her prayers. Um, sometimes they be long-winded. Mm. You should hear, you know, Thanksgiving with that prayer when we all trying to eat. Those are never fun. <laughs> never fun. So January was the one year anniversary of Hope is Dope 2. Do we have any more Hope, and Dope, Hope is Dopes coming out? I don't believe so. <laughs> um, yeah, I really don't believe so. I think... Um, Hmm. Yeah. No, no. I think uh, there's there's some other stuff coming on the horizon. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think. Um, I don't know. I think I'm in a, just a different place musically now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like. I don't know, maybe I've got like one and a half more rap projects to do. Oh, maybe okay. um, half. so that half is a mixtape or an ep i don't i don't even <laughs> i don't even know like um but i do know that the next album is incredible okay it's incredible it's, it's better than everything i've done so far okay so you're working but on that right now then it's it's just about done okay. um so it's but it's better than everything i've done so far but um, it's it is a very uh, man. I, I want to say that it feels like the the fulfilling of something, mm. and so um, it's a lot of real life on there. It's a lot of honesty on there. It's a lot of really good raps. But mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm 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 kind of ready for the R and B projects now. I'm I'm kind of. Oh, you going back to singing? Oh yeah, I, I got to hear. That. It's we back, like we are all the way back, and um, okay. really really excited for that stuff. Um, so so, I mean, there's there's this project, and maybe there's one more rap project, maybe, mm-hmm. but it really has to be like the pieces got to move together because I know that um me and D Steele have talked about something. Um, I know that me and Swoop have talked about doing something. Okay. Um, so I really want to do a follow-up to Nobody Famous. Okay. Um, and I have a name for it. I'm not telling nobody the name, <laughs> but but that's not this project that's next. The next yeah. project that's next is um, it's, it's something different. So, um, but I'm excited for, for it. I think, uh, I think what I've learned is um, I just want to bring something distinct uh, to the space that we're in um, because, you know, and this is a, I don't know, maybe it's a, it's, I I don't think it's an unfair criticism. I just think it's an objective one. I think um, when I listen to a lot of the music in the space, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, especially the more popular the artists become, I feel like if you pressed play on one album, Mm-hmm. went all the way through and then you put the next popular artist album on right after it 
it would be it would feel like a continuation of the last project like it's not a lot of different sounds okay it's a lot of similar ish sounds like a remix or a revision of a formula that's been effective got it and and so my project is not that Mm. Uh, it's it it I, i don't know if it's gonna get chh radios here i don't i don't know um you're talking about this one that you're working on now that's almost done yeah okay yeah i don't, I don't know it, it's it's definitely not um another thing that i've noticed about the space that we're <laughs> in is that um it it doesn't allow us to get older mm. like it, it it feels like if you listen now and listen in five years the artists stay the same age like the prevalent artists stay the same age like and it, so to me it feels like either the the artists as they get older mm-hmm. they realize what's working so they try to make something that appeals to a younger audience um and for me like i got a wife and i got two children yeah like no matter how young i look i have a wife and i have two <laughs> children yeah. So they know I'm dad and husband. Yeah. Right. So no matter what the sound is in CHH, like I'm that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I could I could look young just like all the other young people. I mess around and shave my beard. I look 24 just like them. Yeah. Because I done <laughs> lost all this weight. I look just like them. But I know that I have to FaceTime my wife and kids when I get back to the hotel room if I'm out of town. Yeah. A lot of the prevalent young faces in this space don't have to do that. Yeah. Like they they so for me, I'm like, what's wrong with getting older? Like what's what's wrong with with making content that, you know, appeals to people that may be in that transitional stage with yeah. a wife and children. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm on now. So, no, I appreciate that when the music grows with the artists, because a lot of the times, um, some of the people you know that I listen to were similar to the same age. So it's it's growing with me as well. Right, um, right, and that's what hip hop does. Regular yeah, hip hop, they allow their artists to age. Yes. Whereas, yeah, in this space, it's like, yo, if you make age appropriate music, they're like. Okay, well, we can't invite you to Winter Jam anymore. <laughs> like, you can't come to the Dove Awards or the Stellar Awards. No, you're too old. Like, yeah. nah, you can't come here. And which, is, just, which is fine, though. I mean, you don't right. need to go to the Winter Jam. You, you don't need to go all. to the Dove Awards. You don't need to be there. Like, but, there are other spaces and opportunities. Facts. <laughs> uh, but But the thing that's wild about it is, you're right, I don't. But why can't I though? Like, why, why, why can't they have yeah. you know something? <laughs> so, because I mean, as much as I hate it, they have twenty five and up clubs. Yeah, twenty one, mm-hmm. and they have twenty five and up clubs. Yeah. Like the people that go to twenty five and up club, they dress up more nicely, right? Yeah. So I'm like, yo, and and I'm not mad. You know, mm-hmm. because, you know, my kids love my music and they're five and two. 
So yeah. uh, five and three. So I already know that it appeals to people's ears, but I'm dad. So I, yeah. I don't know how biased they are, you know? So, I mean, kids, I do you, are you familiar with the artist Cambino? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my niece, she's 10 now, but when she was five, Cambino was her favorite artist. That's that dude. And I got her, I got him to sign, I think it was a CD and he sent like a card for her. That mm. was like, I was the coolest auntie for like a year. That's what's up. But Cambino <laughs> and a yeah. five-year-old. So right. it don't really matter. Right. If you're dope, people are going to like you regardless of the age. So. Right. That is, that is the prayer. Right. <laughs> so, but I, I think, I think people are going to love it. It just depends on, and the people that don't appeal to it, don't appeal to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then um, if I just correct me if I'm wrong, but then the last project that you did was the Gift of Gab, which was on the God Over Money app. Yeah, Gift of Gab 2. Gift of Gab 2. Okay. So that one was on the God Over Money app only. um, Right. Which was something new. I noticed like during the pandemic, like a couple different people were doing this. Um, Right. Even like Kev on stage has his own app situation how i don't like let's talk about that i don't know if you had any say in the app okay. just how did it all work out so i think the key is ownership um and and it's not just ownership of the product but it's ownership of the data mm-hmm. right so when you go on instagram or you go on facebook and do an ad um they because they provide the platform through which you market and advertise they hold the ownership to all of the data. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of casting a net and hoping that you catch enough fish when you use social media. Um, and you're, you're hoping that, okay, there's 100,000 possible eyes here. If I cast a big enough net, I might be able to get those 100,000. Yeah. But um, that's, that's still a shot in the dark. And you've got to be very specific in how you do it or else you're just kind of wasting your time. Mm-hmm. So when you own a platform of your own um, and people subscribe and download, you have a hundred percent of that data. Mm-hmm. So even if a thousand people have the app, like that thousand people all know about that release. Whereas if I go on Facebook right now and I say, I got a project dropping, maybe less than 1%, maybe less than 5% of the people that follow me even know about it or will know about it. Yeah. So that's really what I believe it was released on the GOM plus app for. It was like, Hey, it's a way to bring people to the app so that they can get the content themselves. Um, It's a way for us to be able to track people to continue to touch base with people um, in a way that's much more efficient than, you know, social media. So that's really what it was for. Okay. And since we did all this talk about your amazing lyricism and mm-hmm. talking about retiring soon, mm-hmm. can can we get you to um to do something? Um I asked if you would do the Wix Kid Freestyle and iPhone Thoughts, but if you have any other ones or anything newer you want to do, I'm also down for that. Um Wix Kid, that's I don't even remember that rap. That was so fun. <laughs> it was fun, but I don't remember that. Um, I know, um, whatchamacallit, uh, 
what's the joint? Um, yeah. Uh, Sunday paper. Yeah. Biz told me to run it back for him. Like I ain't tucking the stash spot a couple of raps for him. I've been on my job. Look at the tax forms. But let me pull up the stats for him. That's a 189 verses. That's 2,200 some odd bars and 2,200 some odd hearses. Gauze. Rap surgeon. Scars. Dispatch nurses. God. Rap worship. Applause in black churches. Huh? The beat telling me murder me, bruh. But you better know that it's going down like a courtesy flush. You better know that I spit it vividly. Symmetry with the similes. Lyrically, Timothy with a murderous touch. You never heard of me, but the surgery undeniable is universally justifiable. I'ma simplify it. If you barking, the enemy fled. And if he testifying, he ain't walking. He Kennedy dead. Real talk. Man, I'm a part of the ministry bread, pushing a Trinity warhead at the enemy forehead because the industry force fed us a crap sandwich telling this lyrically boar's head and it's that savage. For that, get a horse head to sit on your craftmatic, but you don't want the smoke like you kicking the bad habit. I'm here with the rap damage and here with the advantage to put them back in line. Homie, give me a crack at it. Something like that. <laughs> Which one was that? Sunday paper. Sunday paper. So appreciate that. Appreciate that. I am definitely a fan. Crazy <laughs> lot. Yes. Um I mean, unless you want to give us another one, we can move forward. Okay. Well, you wanna say hi, man man? You wanna say hi? Come on. <laughs> Come on, I know you trying to be nosy. Say hi. 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 Look, look, the driver's broken. What do you got there? You got you a toy? Oh, you got you a a bus? Uh (laughs) Yeah, a little bus. Okay, you got to go now. Okay. Say bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Oh, man. Are y'all ready? Oh, man, why are you swearing? Let us go to the house of the Lord. I will. <laughs> yo, yo, no, no, not me, not me, not me, not. Don't, don't spray me with water, please. Okay. Yeah, no, they got water going okay. for me. That is, that is, that is my life in a nutshell. Bye, bye. I'll see y'all in a couple minutes. So we will uh, move forward and wrapping this up, and let's talk about. How does God's presence in your life look musically? Oh, man. Um, when it comes to creating projects, right? Um, I go in f- mad fleshy, right? I'm like, this is the beat I like. This is what I think I want to rap to. Mm-hmm. So it kind of works like that. And I thought I had an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, that's how I've always gone about it. I'm like, yo, I got an idea. But then, like, life will kind of shift my ears to certain things mm-hmm. and it'll shift my uh, mind to talk about certain things. And so with every project, I started out with an idea of what I thought it was going to be. And then God was like, mm, we going to go this way. Like we not, yeah, I know you thought you was going this way, but we're going to talk about this. And so that's generally what 
each project has kind of turned into. Um, the, the one that's coming, like I had an idea of what I thought it was going to be. I was going to make some summertime poppy, you know, commercial stuff. Yeah. And God was like, eh, nah, yeah. we're do something else. <laughs> and so like, and it was fire too. So don't get, don't get me wrong. It was great. Um, but he was just like, nah, that's not what I want you to talk about. And that happened with hurry up and wait. Like I thought I was gonna be turned up. I'm excited, bum, 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 all year and all that. Yeah. And then God was like, "Nah, we gonna shift." <laughs> and so I was like, "For real? Like, do you want to shift like now?" Um, and Hope Is Dope Two was kind of like an extension of the original Hope Is Dope, which was just kind of like just creativity, just showing like range, uh, different topics different sound palettes i was trying to do but like you know for me i treat mixtapes like this is what i can do mm-hmm. and i treat albums like this is where i'm at in life okay right so mixtapes are actually really easy to do yeah it's just That's it's kind of like it's kind of like um you know how you get muscle memory, like you kind of been on a break. And then you're like, when I'm starting to work on an album or thinking it's around time to work on an album, I'll just start writing anything. Like, and it's like inspiration is a muscle. So it's kind of like riding a bike all over. Oh yeah, I kind of remember this. And that's how mixtapes for me are formed. It's me getting up practice shots. Um, And then the albums, I actually don't like making them. I, I really don't like making albums. And it's not, it's for, if for anything, it's because I know I'm about to have to go through something to tell this story. Got it, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to just wrap my way out of this one, yeah. right? And so that's what happens. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs> You're what? Oh no, you gotta go. Yeah, so for me, mixtape time is rap time. Mm-hmm. Album time is like, no, we're gonna squeeze something out of you, bro. Yeah. Like I mean, it also has to be that. cathartic and almost like a form of therapy as well. It can be. It can be, but it definitely um, can also be painful. Like, because yeah. it's like, because I think. It takes a certain level of like closure and finality, mm-hmm. right? So for me, I don't want to tell a story halfway. Yeah. So I got to really experience like, what was I supposed to learn from this mm-hmm. um, in order to really tell it? And so that's kind of I mean, where. That's where like what you were talking about, um, just growing like not how you could phase out of Christian hip hop because you're actually making albums that are about what's going on in your life at that particular time, Mm -hmm. which is what I love, which is what has drawn me to music, particularly hip hop since I was a kid where those concept albums were those raw albums. um, You're not just putting together like a bunch of random songs. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. This is, it's that like, so I, I hope people, you know, hope people still cool with me after this one. I'm going to say some things. 
They will be, but they ain't. Whatever. Somebody, you got some new fans then. Yeah, that's why I, t- that's why I came to G-O-N. They let me say what I want to say. So. so now that you have completed an interview with me, um, who would you like to see me interview on the show? Hmm. I have a lot of people. Um, have you interviewed Mission yet? I have actually. I'm interviewed Mission a couple times. He's from my hometown, so. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> great. Um. Okay. But so last you, year, twenty twenty, you didn't came, came through the whole GOM flock. Have I you interviewed think I Phil have done J? Everyone on GOM except for AI. Yo, she's a good interview. She's I'm, good I'm interview. working on that one. <laughs> Um. Uh, what about Phil J? And uh, no, actually, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. What about D one? Um, I haven't told his testimony. I did do like um a race and reconciliation episode with him, Ruslan, and a white cop. Like this was back in 2016 after like. Right. Alter still Alton Sterling, and yeah, Castile Kelly. But I would love to tell his testimony. Um, yeah, so those are a couple I could think of. Like, do you want to Phil J? Definitely or, thanks to Phil J because it's he's not like someone who's just like on my radar like that. Yeah, I always um, see shirt. What about Swoop? I want to do Swoop again. Um, a long time ago, back in the collision days. Oh, okay, but, word, but. Um, I've been, I don't know how to get a hold of Swoop now. (laughs) Yeah, Swoop is, Swoop now he's popping, popping. So he just dropped an album. It's hard. It's really hard to, it's really hard to get people when they're on their album runs. Yeah. Uh, Which you would think that they would think that that's the perfect time to do the interview, right? That's when you promote. (laughs) Right, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All y'all are different, but I I appreciate you <laughs> for taking the time to interview, um, for showing up. Um, yeah. Word up. <laughs> Being no <doubt>. professional. <laughs> nah, nah. Thank, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, because I was like, when you finally responded, I was like, yo, did this girl just respond like a year later? I didn't even know. Do you do not understand how upset I was when I saw that in my inbox? I'm like, what? You don't, I would have died to do an interview with you back then. I've been, I'm like I said, I'm a huge fan. So Jared Sanders was someone I've been wanting to interview and to see uh, in my inbox for a year. I was like, what? Um, it was kind of like T-Pain. Like when T Pain had all them uh, messages to his general folder, and he had yeah. no idea that they were like famous people. He's <laughs> like, "What in the world?" I'm so sorry to all of y'all that I like. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that story, but definitely was not my intent. I was not trying to leave you just sitting in my team. Hey, like if that. it happened to T Pain, it could happen to anybody. Hey, what's up? Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching the show. However you consume us, thank you. Please subscribe to the show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking of the show. And if you want to go an extra mile, 
share the show, share this episode. And for all things testimony, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.